And we are live for a new episode of the Electric Podcast. I am Fred, your host, and I'm joined by Seth Wintrow. How are you doing today, Seth? I'm good. All right. Uh, let's get ready for a new episode that is sponsored by Electrify America, the largest public fast charging network in the U.S. We're going to have a little bit more to say about them later on on the show. But uh, get ready because we have a ton of news this week, a ton of Tesla news, uh, especially. It kept coming every day, every day, a lot of uh, new information. And uh, the biggest piece of information, in my own opinion, is, uh, the, of course, uh, the opening of the supercharger network, or at least a pilot program opening of the network, uh, specifically in the Netherlands, for some reason. That's where Tesla decided to open it first. The, uh, they made it clear it's a pilot program. It's only affecting 10 supercharger locations right now in the Netherlands. And uh, they are using the program to test the traffic, to test the uh, user experience for for non-Tesla user and, and for Tesla user too, because onboarding new customers on the network affects existing customer also. So uh, it's pretty much how we discussed it before. Uh, it's you download the Tesla app. And you create a Tesla account, but you can now choose the option of cha- charge your non-Tesla in the app when you create your account. And uh, from there, all you have to do is um, add a payment option, of course, so because uh, this is not free. And, and then when you show up to the to the station, you look at the on, on the charging stall. There's always a, a number and a letter for for A, three B, uh, whatever it is, and uh, you enter that in the app. To make sure that you're connected to the right charger, you plug in, and you're gonna uh, you can initiate the charging directly from the app. So it's not as smooth of an experience as uh, if you were charging your Tesla at the Tesla charging station, but it's uh, pretty close to it. It's eighty percent, ninety percent there. Let's say. And uh, now again, Tesla says that uh, there's a few other things that are, are, are different here that. Biggest advantage, of course, of doing it in the Netherlands is that uh, they already have the CCS connector there directly on the stall, so the, you you don't have to use any adapter. Whenever this opening of the network is coming to North America, you're gonna have to have an adapter, and unless they start uh, putting a CCS standard on the on the supercharger themselves, which is not impossible, that's what they did in Europe. And okay, so. In terms of pricing, Tesla says that the pricing for non-Tesla driver reflects additional cost incurred to support charging a broad range of vehicles and adjustment to our site to accommodate these vehicles. Rate vary by site, and you can view charging prices in the Tesla app uh, at the per kilowatt hour basis. So that's something we did expect, Tesla charging a little bit more for non-Tesla vehicles to account for basically what we just explained, all the development that he had to do to support that. And uh, Tesla uh, supercharger is already pretty competitive in terms of uh, charging for fast charging stations. So uh, I would expect something not too, uh, not too expensive on that front, but it's something to keep an eye on. It's always less expensive than gas, especially these days. So Tesla also noted that you can keep using the station, no problem. They do know that uh, the cable length can be a problem for some cars. I don't know which one could be, but I know like it depends where you plug your um, where, where the charge port is connected on your car. Tesla is always the same. It's the on the driver's side at the very very end near the tail lights. So if you're a little bit further towards the doors, or even uh, something like um, I know a few like the Nissan Leaf, uh, the uh, what else? Uh, the Kona. Uh, they do 
at the center in the front end of the car or center left. Uh, these could be a little bit more of an issue when, uh, when when you park because the supercharger cables are fairly short, really. Like, they don't give you a lot of... Uh, I was thinking, actually, the, the Porsche Taycan, like, getting a cable all the way to, like, oh, yeah. where the door is. You might not, you might even need, like, an extender cable or something. Not mm-hmm. that, that something like that exists currently, but... Um, there are like a, a lot of EVs that are going to be weird, and then you know we we saw some pictures of uh, EVs that have like you know on the opposite side. So if it's parked there, not only you know obviously you can't use the spot where the e, the you know the Ford Mustang is, but you also can't use the spot next to it because the Ford Mustangs in you know the opposite spot that a Tesla uses. Yeah. So. There's some problems that are going to come up. And, you know, obviously Tesla drivers, especially in crowded areas where they have to wait, uh, are going to be particularly sensitive to this. Like, they're already like Tesla build more chargers, not let more people on the chargers. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, Tesla notes that uh, you shouldn't use the, the stall if you are going to block another stall. So... For those cars, yeah, you, you're right. The Taycan, the Taycan doesn't make any sense because the Taycan is like on the front fender next to the to driver's door. Right. There's no way you can reach that if you're parked normally. You have to park like perpendicular to the. Well, they have those the side, stall. you know, the ones that the, uh, Tesla uses to pull in front ways. You could, yeah, you could pull in backwards, like you know, if you're if you have a trailer, Tesla sometimes yeah. has one charger that's like weirdly set up. But that's not everywhere. Like, it's not. Uh, yeah. I don't know the frequency of those in Europe, but uh, here in, the, in Canada, at least, I don't see a lot of those. Right. But, I mean, on that one, theoretically, it could work. And, and you know, as there are more Teslas that tow things, like a Cybertruck, uh, maybe more of those kind of stations will be built that other uh, EVs can use. Oh, yeah. For sure, Tesla's going to use that pilot program to, to adapt, I think, the rest of the network to that. And... Uh, the first thing they should do is obviously it's make the cables longer, but that will change the design of the stall because the yeah. stall is designed around the cable just being long enough to fit in the hole of the of the pedestal. So it would be interesting to see how Tesla uh, find a... Yeah, in, in the US, that. unless they're going to build the uh, CCS combo, uh, you know, separate uh, cables, they're going to have to have a, a, a Tesla charger to CCS adapter which I think we had heard some like rumors or uh, maybe back channel stuff about like uh, Tesla would sell the actual thing to people. Um, what, what It's like $13 a month for a subscription to Tesla service or Tesla charging. Did we hear that or something from the, on the third party chargers? No, I don't remember that. Anyway, what Tesla could do in the U S is, is sell this adapter, uh, Two people, if they're not going to put the the two cable thing, but they might they might put yeah. Them well, they had already said that they would sell the, the, the adapter. Like when they launched it last month in Korea, they uh, they said that it's coming to North America too, and that that will give you some length more, uh, not a lot though, but <laughs> just a tiny bit more. Oh, that's yeah, yeah. All right, uh, we have a bunch of update to the Model Three, the Model Y uh, ranges have been updated for the twenty twenty two model year. I know people always take offense when we talk about a new model year for Tesla. They're like, hey, Tesla doesn't do model years. They just, they just do updates whenever it's ready and they implement them. Yes, that's correct. But they also do model years like any other maker. They have to do it. It's just that they, they used to do it um, 
unlike any others, because they would always do the upgrades whenever they're ready and, and implement them in the middle of the year if they, if they can, then they would just do the uh, updated model year when the, the through new year would happen or, or around that. But in the last few years, they've changed that and they're doing it more like regular automakers do, which is October, November. That's when they do the, the change. And that's what they did again uh, this year. And now sometimes, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. It coincides with an update on some aspects of the car. Uh, this time it affected the powertrains, the battery capacity, or at least the range, and uh, and the um, the acceleration. So uh, the Model 3 got a little bit slower. Actually, a lot slower. When 5.3 to 5.8, that's... Uh, that that's significantly solar. Half a second doesn't sound that much, but it for it's significant. Yeah. Uh, but it did increase in range from two sixty two to two seventy two. But uh, now Tesla, for all models, they are being uh, clearer in terms of uh, how the wheels affect the range. So they used they used to do that with some models and not all of them. Uh, but now now if you ch- if you, you you choose the wheel, it it changes everything. Uh, it changes the range every time. Not just for those few models. So for the standard range, well, actually I've seen standard range, but apparently Tesla is not calling it standard range anymore. It is just calling it rear-wheel drive. So the Model 3 rear-wheel drive, uh, because there's just one option in rear-wheel drive, and the smaller battery pack option happens to only be available in rear-wheel drive too. It's um, it's 272, so 10 more miles on the 18-inch wheels. Uh, if you upgrade to the 19-inch wheels, it's 267 miles. Uh, so not much. You, you lose about five miles. At least that's what they say. Uh, in my experience, it's a little bit more. But uh, the the thing too that Tesla's been doing lately, and that that's pre this update, that's been the last two or three weeks, I think. Uh, Tesla, if you when you choose a model of the Model Three, a trim of the Model Three, I should say, already push you on the 19 inch wheels. So something to to, to keep in mind. Um, like it, Tesla is trying to make it uh, as a default. They are more expensive, less efficient, looks cooler, uh, depending on the, the person, but uh, I think so too. So, yeah, uh, a little bit of a range increase here. The Model 3 long range dual motor uh, went from 353 to 358 on the 19 inch wheels, uh, 18, sorry, so a, a five miles update on the base wheel. With the 19 inch wheels, you get 334, and that's one of those that Tesla actually didn't release the 19 inch wheel range before, so we don't we, we don't know what's the difference. Uh, but uh, you can see here a much bigger difference, though. Uh, we're talking about the 24 miles of range uh, by upgrading the wheels for the long range version. A similar update for the Model Y. Of course, we don't have the smaller battery pack on the Model Y, so the Model Y long range gets a bump from. 326 to 330 um and if you uh for the model y it's 19 and 20 inch the option if you do go with the 20 inches it falls to 318 uh, i also think tesla didn't release and previous efficiencies on, on on that one so we don't know exactly what kind of changes led to those uh new numbers uh but the bigger difference with the model 3 standard range plus um might coincide with what we learned recently that Tesla is moving because these are U.S. numbers, of course. So U.S. numbers for the Model Three that they are coming from the Fremont factory, and uh, Tesla has been has confirmed that they are for the standard range. Though even though they're not calling them standard range anymore, uh, they are shifting to the LFP battery cells. So the new LFP pack 
which uh, we know that Tesla in in, um, in China, at least, they're producing two different sizes of LFP pack, one bigger than the other for the Model Y. I wouldn't be surprised if the Model 3 standard range plus or uh, rear-wheel drive, let's make the switch in my brain right now. Model 3 rear-wheel drive. Okay, so for the Model 3 rear-wheel drive, the new one being produced now, uh, Tesla might have likely used the same bigger pack that they use for the standard range Model Y in um, in China, which is like a 60, I think, kilowatt hour pack. So that might explain the bigger range here, On even though they went with a technically lower energy density pack or chemistry. So that does it for the update. And then a few days later, after updating those ranges with the new model year, Tesla updated the prices, something that we are very accustomed to these days. But along with the prices, which changes or, or increases, because that's pretty much the only way they're going these days, Tesla actually changed the paint options. Uh, and you're getting a little bit more out of the rear-wheel drive version of the Model 3 now. So Model 3 standard, uh, Model 3 rear-wheel drive went for $44,000 to $45,000, a $1,000 increase. And the $1,000 increase has been applied throughout the entire lineup. So your long-range all-wheel drive uh, is now 51000 And the, even the performance version, which Tesla basically left untouched for most of the year because it's already much more expensive, is now $59,000. So it also got a $1,000 increase. Uh, but, of course, the more important one here is the rear-wheel drive version. It's always been the cheapest Model S, and it's the one that's been the most affected by price increases this year. If you remember, early in the year, in February, Tesla was selling that car for just $37,000. It now sells for $45,000. Uh, it's, it's it's quite the increase, a 20, uh, 21% increase in price over, over the year. Uh, but with this latest price increase, at least customers are getting a little bit more out of it. Uh, so, you know, uh, the Tesla used to have for the Model 3 this like premium and like halfway premium interior, they would call it basically. And uh, you didn't get this the um, heated steering wheel and the heated uh, rear seat, rear seat, sorry. And now you do. Uh, sources familiar with the matter confirmed it this week that the new 2022 model year comes with those. Um, Not sure it's worth the $8,000. No, so well. Technically, it's the thousand dollars because, like, if you order the car for forty-four last month, you don't get that. Or, right. I mean, you could upgrade your update, your upgrade your your order, I guess, because you won't get that car anytime soon anyway. It's back ordered for a while, but uh, for Tesla, it, it's uh, it's basically nothing because, as you remember, they already produced that those cars with that hardware, and they would offer it as a um, aftermarket over-the-year upgrade. So they just won't offer that anymore. It's already in the car. They decided they probably, my guess is they didn't see a lot, a, a big take rate on the over uh, over the air update on that. So they just decided, all right, let's just increase the price that, that we're going to increase anyway and just slide in a little bonus like that for people. Model Y was also affected for uh, by those price increases. Again, $1,000 across the board. So the uh, dual motor Long range uh, is now $58,000 and $63 for the performance version. Now, for both Model 3 and Model Y, there were some changes to the, the paint options. So Tesla doesn't often change uh, paint options, but this time the, uh, the, the, the standard color is still white. 
Everything else, as you remember, used to be extra. You had to pay extra to change the color of the car other than white. Uh, it used to be black. They changed it to white. Now what they did is that they added Midnight Silver Metallic, which is this color right here, as uh, a new standard one. So you can have it for no extra cost, either white or silver metallic. So that's a nice little upgrade here. Uh, I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of those on yep. the road uh, next year. <laughs> and um, uh, But the black color uh, got a price increase, uh, $500 or more. Now, now it's $1,500 to get uh, your Model 3 or Model Y black. Used to be free. How's your paint holding up on your Model 3? Model 3 is doing pretty good, actually. Yeah? Uh, yeah. Hmm. And uh, not like I treated very good. <laughs> yeah, my paint on my Model 3 is just not great. Like yeah, well, lot. yours is a uh, well a year older than mine. It's not that yeah. much older. Yeah, what's your mileage on it too, though? Not much. It's like twenty five thousand. Twenty five thousand. Not even probably twenty thousand. Oh I, yeah, I could tell you. Yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm trying to figure. Out. Mine is at uh, twenty five thousand kilometers. I had to really check check my safety score. I'm at ninety one. <laughs> not not happy <laughs> about that. No, you haven't moved. Uh, well. Yeah, my Model 3 is at 25,000 kilometers. My Model S is at, uh, just trust, 130,000 kilometers. And my Model X, that's the fun one, is at 4,500 miles. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm at 25,060. 405,000 miles, yeah. How much? Uh, 25,060 miles. Yeah, so that's uh, one... Uh, 1.6 more than because mine is on kilometers. So hmm. yeah, significantly uh, more in a year more. The the time also affects it. You don't uh, you know you do garage it. Uh, you do put it in a garage. No, no. You you left you leave it outside. Yeah, we got a lot of e bikes. <laughs> they take up all your garage now. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on. Uh, a new solar roof tile from Tesla. This this is a relatively big news here this week that uh, didn't really pick up. Um, some nice folks uh, sent us the data sheet because uh, Tesla started installing those tiles right now on new project and and quoting new project use, using those tiles because they they make a big difference. Uh, it's the new SR seventy two T one solar tile from Tesla, and uh, the big difference is the power output. The power output went from 58.5 watt per tile to 71.67 watts per. So it's a 22% increase in power output because this is the same size. So this is purely an efficiency, a power efficiency increase. Uh, the the tile remains 400, uh, 430 millimeters by 1,040 millimeters, which is about a meter long. Um, that's a pretty meet. big significant increase yes it is so uh not sure how tesla achieved that but they did and it's going to be a big deal because they're going to be able to on the same roof fit a lot more power without having to add any more solar tiles because as you know the the solar tesla solar roof has tiles that they, they look the same but some of them have solar cells in them and some of them are, are just glass so and they look the same from the ground angle, but if you look from the top, you can see the solar cell, just like the sun can see them, so that they can collect the the power from the sunlight. 
but there's different efficiency at which they can take that power. And of course, we know solar power, solar panels these days are considered more efficient than solar shingles like that. And um, the best panels these days, I mean, the best commercially available panels that are that are good, it's like what 23, 20, 20, 23 yeah. percent efficiency. Twenty two, twenty three. Yeah. So Tesla is basically like getting close to that with uh, this this product, which also as an efficiency advantage of its own, which by being smaller than an average solar panel and fits directly on your roof, you can um, uh, you, you can place them in all the positions that are most uh, uh, efficient in catching the sun. So even if you have like little smaller part of your roof, if your roof is more complex than just a normal roof, you, you can still fit in a few solar cells in there that uh, uh, can get you some power. Uh, one other interesting thing that I found too in the updated data sheet with the new version of the solar cell is that Sesta says that they can now install the cells directly on existing roof, which doesn't sound like a great idea to be honest, but they said that on three tab composition shingles, single layer, and architectural composition shingles, single layer, they can install right on top of it. Really? Uh, like this would save a lot of time for installation, a lot of money uh, removing the roof in the first place. So it so sounds like a good So you just put it right idea. on top of your old roof? I would assume that they are like this also has a membrane that they have to put on and everything, but uh, it basically, basically make it sound like that. That would be a big deal. I'm surprised uh, nobody picked up. Yeah, I mean, it would be, but like f- I talked to a few people who were familiar with roofing and they all say don't do that. Like they all say that uh, you see here you can see the layered... Uh, System mm. that Tesla has, they say you 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 want to have a new base roof on it. You want to make a new base roof, like you don't. You, you people would do that, but like old shingles, they will make new, put new like composite shingles on top of it. But we're talking about a more sophisticated product here. And uh, even if you would ask Tesla installers, I would assume like ask them, would you prefer installing it on an existing shingle roof or a brand new roof? And they're like, ah, let's do a brand new. But yeah, uh, if you're getting quoted a new Tesla solar roof right now, uh, it should be with those new cells. So keep a lookout for it. All right, this was an interesting one this week too. Like I said, a ton of Tesla news this week. It kept coming in. Um, Tesla launched a new version of their wall connector, which which is their home charging station, level 2 home charging station. But they launched it with a J1772 connector, which if you're not familiar with, is the standard connector for basically... All electric cars in North America, except Tesla vehicles, because of Tesla has been using its own proprietary connector there. Um, so this this thing is basically a wall connector from Tesla made for charging non-Tesla vehicles. Yeah, so you, you could you could technically charge a Tesla with it, but with you would need to have the adapter which Tesla used to provide with every car. Now, now you have to buy it separately, but it's not too expensive. By the so. way, I think it came down in price. It used to be like 95 or no, it came, yeah. like 50 or something. Price yeah, is, yeah it, it's less expensive now. Yeah. I mean, it used to be standard with every car. I mean, if you have two cars, two electric cars, like you would maybe want, and one of them was a Tesla, maybe it would make sense to have this. You know, but by even then, it don't offer that much of an advantage over other chargers, though they are pretty cheap. Yeah. Um. For the the price is um, four hundred bucks. Yeah, that is. I mean, that's like uh, charge point and uh, yeah, juice box. Is it four fifty? Fifteen four fifteen. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, um, juice but box. But it's a Gen and, two though. It's a Gen two of the right, wall connector, so it doesn't have the Wi Fi. 
it doesn't have the Wi-Fi. So the Gen 3 is the one with the Wi-Fi. It doesn't have the exact same design as the Gen 3, too. It's a little bit different, but not, not that different. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, it's, a, it's a lot smaller and, and, you know, I think nicer looking than uh, maybe the juice box from Enel or the ChargePoint or even the new um, Electrify America one coming. And then there's a few, uh, there's a few other out there that I think are around the same, like, what's the company you mentioned previously that sells inexpensive Gri- ones? Grizzly is um, most often the less expensive one. Of course, they all fluctuate in prices, but uh, Grizzly has consistently been less expensive. And I know that they reduced their price to 500 bucks this week. Uh, what a coincidence. Yeah, could be a coincidence or they could be, uh, oh, uh, Tesla's putting some pressure on us and we've been the cheapest so far. So let's try to keep that happening. But uh, yeah, I mean, the, a lot of people go for the Wi-Fi connected one, but a lot of the cars already have all the capaci- capability that uh, you would need in a Wi-Fi connected wall charger and that you can do from the car. Um, so so it's not as useful, but still, uh, I, I was a bit shocked that Tesla would do that. Uh, it's interesting that they do it at the same time that they open the supercharger network or at least the pilot program for it. Uh, one thing that I thought of that could make sense is uh, Tesla has been expanding a lot its uh, destination charging program. And um, they use their own level two station for that. So their own wall connectors for Tesla vehicles, of course. But as part of the program, they, they would also install J1772 charger from other companies, uh, Clipper Creeks, Charge Points, whatever. They would buy those chargers and install them. Uh, add those destination charger to be like a full electric vehicle charging station, not just for Tesla, but others. Uh, so that was a nice thing that they did just as part of the mission. So now they could do it with their own chargers and stuff. Also, uh, the Roadster needs a uh, a J1772. <laughs> so maybe. Yeah, big, big market for that. <laughs> right. All, all like 172 of them that didn't burn down. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... I don't think you would launch a new product for that at this point. No, but it's got to be feel better to put Tesla stuff in rather than a third party. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking in terms of the decision charging. All right, uh, there's a let's do a quick update on the Earth's deal. So last week, of course, we talked about that a lot. That's what sent the Tesla stock to uh, brand new highs. Um, this week again, I think it, it again went to brand new highs. What did it close today? I think today was a little bit uh, trading sideways, but uh, yeah, it closed down, closed down at a, a mere $1,222 per share and a valuation of valuation of $1.21 trillion. So not a great week for Tesla, really. Bummer. <laughs> but um but the, a lot of people associated this uh, big surge to to the Hertz deal last week. And uh, Elon kind of put a stop to the rally on uh, November 2nd when he said that uh, uh, he, he said that the Hertz deal is not signed. So that 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 like confused a lot of people because in the original release of Hertz announcement that they are buying 100,000 Tesla, they made it clear that they have placed an order for 100,000 Tesla. Um, however... Elon was quick to say after that that we didn't give them any discounts or anything like that. They are paying like every other customers. So it makes it sound like they just went through the usual order process like any customer would and placed 
I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's no option for quantities when you place an order for Tesla. So I don't know if they had a bunch of interns just placing orders one by one with a hundred dollars non-refundable deposit. <laughs> I don't know how it works really, uh, but their language was clear that they placed an order for a hundred thousand Tesla. But then Elon says nothing is signed. Of course, you don't sign anything when you order a Tesla. You just all you do is give that hundred dollar non-refundable deposit. So they might lose that. So uh, on a hundred thousand cars, that's uh, one million, ten million, ten million, ten million dollars that they could lose. <laughs> but they, they, of course, they won. They, they are they are already taking deliveries. They say they're already taking deliveries of some of those cars, which which makes sense. Every time Tesla has any car on inventory, they can unload them pretty quick to Hertz. Um, yeah, I, I think for Tesla, it's going to be useful uh, of a deal ju- just for like those hand of quarter push. You're, you're like, if uh, they have any worries about a customer that cannot take order by the end of the quarter, they're like, Hertz is going to take it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, but yes, yeah, so that that kind of put a stop to to the rally there and and brought some confusion. And then the next day we had, um, oh yeah, and he also said uh, that because yeah, that, that was that was a, a weird tweet, as if uh, as if that's you're un- welcome, yeah, as if that's unusual from from Elon. But uh, the Tesla Silicon Valley Club, which is a big Twitter account that like su- Tesla super fans on, on Twitter. Tweeted super Tesla stonks. Thank you, Elon Musk, and the picture of the graphic of Tesla being up eight percent that day. Um, but then Elon responded, "You're welcome." Uh, so as in taking credit for, for for that. But right after saying that, he will he do a nice one eighty, and he's like, "If any of this is based, I'm quoting here. If any of this is based on Earths, I'd like to emphasize that no contract has been signed yet." Tesla has far more demand than production. Therefore, we only sell cars to Earth for the same margin as to consumers. Um, that's something that you already said. Earth's deal has zero effect on our economics. I actually disagree with Elon. And I, I think we said that last week. I, I think I think that because what he's saying is that the actual order of 100,000 vehicles has no effect on the, the economics. And, and Yes, technically he is right. Uh, Tesla would have sold those hundred thousand cars anyway. So all it does, it's like extend the delivery timelines a little bit for some customers as they um, place new orders. But in, I think that there's benef- economic benefits beyond just the order itself. We discussed that last week. You're, you're, you're going to put a lot more butts in Tesla seats through the rental program that Ertz has, uh, through the advertising that Ertz has around it. Through uh, the deal that they have with Uber, we're gonna put a lot more people. They're gonna get rides in Tesla because of, because of it. Uh, so, so those are all uh, not really tangible benefits, but uh, they are clear benefits either way. Uh, I've seen a bunch of people already posting like uh, Hertz already has a a big advertising campaign. Not not just the one with Tom Brady that we discussed last week, but like the the at airports they have signs that says. Uh, you want to get in the Tesla, but they're too expensive. Get you can rent right now and uh, flex to your friends uh, with it. So like 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 that's great advertising for Tesla. Like um, and and it's literally a test drive that people are paying for. So uh, yeah, it, it, there's there's a lot of value to that deal beyond that thing. Just just a hundred thousand cars on order. Woo! I don't know what happened here. Um. So, yeah, and then after that, a day later, the Wall Street Journal came out with um, with its own report based on apparent inside sources at Tesla and Hertz 
saying that there are currently some disagreement between the two companies regarding the order. And it, uh, so following Elon's comment about that, but they said they, so they released a new statement saying, as we announced last week, Hertz has made an initial order for 100,000 Tesla electric vehicles. So basically going against Musk saying that the order is placed and is investing in new EV um, infrastructures across the company's global operations. Oh, you know what? Could this have something to do with the Tesla J1772 charger? Like, if Hertz wants to invest in, in, in a charging infrastructure at their locations, and they are using Tesla vehicles, but they want to be uh, future-proof if they use yeah. non-Tesla vehicles in the future or as part of their fleet, they want the J1772 charger. Maybe something like that could make sense. Uh, and then they said that vehicles... Um, Tesla already have deliveries of the Teslas already have started, so they're already getting some. So we already reported on that last week. But uh, it sounds like the disagreement is regarding the timeline. So Wall Street Journal said that some um, people at Tesla were surprised that uh, Arts announced that uh, they expect all 100,000 vehicles to be delivered by the, ex- the end of next year. But honestly, <laughs> like the the more uh, the more I'm learning about this deal, the more it sounds like Arts literally just went on the Tesla's website and placed a hundred thousands orders for Tesla vehicles. And if they were to do that, every time they place an order, the timeline would have been uh, late 2022. So they would technically get all the cars by late 2022. So that's what it sounds like to me. It's crazy. It, it is too, wild. <laughs> it's wild. Too bad the affiliate program's not still happening. They could, uh, <laughs> they could get a couple of roadsters out of it. Oh uh, yeah. Or, uh, well, I mean, if the roadster was at, at least a few Hundreds of millions of miles <laughs> of free supercharging miles. Yeah, that's uh, quite quite the story that turns out with with Hertz here. And um, but okay, it's still it, weird. It's it's still and Mark Fields, the CEO CEO of yeah. currently of Hertz, uh, had like in the past had said some not so great things about Tesla. I mean, he was the Ford CEO. Mm-hmm. He had to have say some bad things, I guess. But even after that, even when he was like a commentator for, he's kind of like you know Tesla's not. Important yeah, he was a CNBC guy for a while after that, right? When he was right. like, yeah. Now he's the interim CEO of Art. I don't know if he's uh, aiming to get the job full time, but uh, he sh- sure sure would help this if he was behind this move. It sure will help because uh, Hertz stock has uh, got a, a little boost to like Tesla from that deal. All right, uh, a quick word from our sponsor. Electrify America. Yes, uh, this episode of the Electric Podcast is brought to you by Electrify America. Electrify America now operates the largest coast-to-coast ultra-fast charging network with more than 650 charging stations, and it's growing. It currently has plans underway for about 800 total charging stations with more than 3,500 chargers to to be completed by December of this year and it plans to have more than 1,800 ultra-fast charging stations and 10,000 individual chargers installed by the end of 2025. That includes 50 kilowatts to 350 kilowatt chargers near highways and 50 to 150 kilowatt chargers in metropolitan areas. The newly launched Electrify America mobile apps now offer contactless payment along with CarPlay and Android Auto integration, and you can save up to 25% on charging with the new PassPlus subscription plans. 
If you're an EV driver and want to learn more about Electrify America and its growing network of charging stations, find out what they're up to at electrifyamerica.com. That's electrifyamerica.com, or hit up the link in the show notes. Thanks again to Electrify America for sponsoring this week's show. Yes, thanks, EA. We have a few new other pieces of Tesla news and then a few pieces of VW news to get to. And then we're going to jump into the comment section. So if you guys have any question or any subjects you want us to discuss, please put them in all caps right now in the comment section and we're going to get to them uh, in maybe 10, 15, 20 minutes tops. Um, all right. So a new software update came to Tesla Vehicle this week. A bunch of uh, little features that were added. We're going to get through them pretty fast. The big one, well, the bigger one is Tidal. The Tidal app has been added to the music streaming option that you have on, on your car. So we already have Spotify. We have uh, Tesla's kind of uh, in-house powered. Like, well, it's not to use another service to do it, but the separate streaming service. Tune in. Tune in that you use, yeah. Um, and now you have the option to have Tidal. So for the three or four of you that have Tidal right now. Dozens of us. There's <laughs> dozens, dozens of us. <laughs> they use Tidal. You, uh, you must be very happy. You, you had an interesting, um, an interesting uh, suspicion around why this was added because uh, it was recently purchased by Square, which is owned by um, Jack Dorsey. Jack Dorsey. So you think maybe Jack uh, asked Elon to, to uh, add it to the car? Absolutely. Of course he did. Yeah, like that would be a a good business decision. Well, yeah, it, it definitely Tidal. I think needs Tesla more than Tesla needs Tidal. Right. So uh, it would make sense to, for Jack to ask that as a favor. I don't know. I, I've never used a service. I know that they they tried their differentiating differentiating factor is that their audio files have higher quality than uh, competition. Yep. Is that actually true? Have you experienced it? Or yeah, I mean it's it's negligible. Mm-hmm. Like I think most people can't hear the difference. Audio files also, they would they probably would enjoy it. Right, right. The people who enjoy wafting their own flatulence would <laughs> enjoy that. Um, in addition, I think Tidal has a different revenue model where they pay artists more, uh, okay. which, which is good. Which is good, but uh, that's not what brings you customers, <laughs> fortunately. Like, uh, people want to do what can you do for them, not what they can do for you. That's the, right. that's the business model in the capitalist world. Um yeah, so other than that, we have a few changes, uh, a, a few cold weather improvement. You can now unable front defrost and maintain your climate setting for cleaning, uh, clearing ice and snow on the car. Uh, you can do that uh, from the mobile app. Uh, the, the chime, the traffic aware cruise control chime uh, has been added. So if you remember that one was the that was a big deal a few months ago when Tesla did that in China they called it a, a, a recall like all the media went crazy it's like Tesla is recalling all their cars in China every single cars that were delivered in China is being recalled over an autopilot issue um the autopilot issue is that some people were engaging or disengaging traffic aware cruise control and they didn't know it because uh they they were dumb <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's pretty much that. Uh, like, it's not like like the like traffic work. It's a feature of autopilot, but it is cruise control, people. And not um, there's plenty of other cars with cruise control that there's no chime coming in telling you that you have cruise control on. Um, so of course it's the same stall as. Uh, but anyway, like 
Now, if you press once to get the, because you press twice, you get uh, traffic aware cruise control and auto steer. If you press one, you didn't get a chime, but you, you, you get your cruise control. It would appear on the screen. You would see it like it locks in at a certain speed and you can increase or decrease that speed like any other cruise control. Um, but now there's a little ping that lets you know uh, you're on uh, traffic aware cruise control. And if you do a double tap, you get a ping, ping, and you get uh, auto steer. Uh, so that was introduced in China as this big recall thing, and now it's being introduced to other markets, including North America. Uh, just because, uh, I mean, to be fair, yes, it is uh, it, it is an improvement, uh, but I think you can also disable it. So, like, if you don't want the ping, uh, you can go disable it. I don't know if it's uh, enabled by default after you uh, you do that update. It's something to check out, maybe. And then a few other updates, the Mole S and X with the refresh, they get the tutorials in uh, inside the car. And you also have a British English for our British listener. You can now change the, change the language inside the car to British English for the few differences in the language in terms of, uh, I mean, this is not, this, this, this is just like the, your settings and things like that. So it's not, it's not really a big deal. Is there a Canadian English? We just got French, uh, Lisa. Yeah, I mean, uh, we were French period actually. Like French wasn't even an option in, in, in Canada for a while, for the longest time, really. Is it is it French Canadian or just French no, in Canada? I'm not a good French Canadian. I have my cross set in English. I don't even know. Um, oh my god! Right. <laughs> I mean, I'm always talking about Tesla in English. If I switch to French, I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. Um, <laughs> Not that I don't speak about Tesla in French either. I, do, I cannot shut up about it. All right. Uh, last piece of Tesla news this week was about a new financial leasing option that Tesla launched in China. So that's that's an interesting move here. Uh, it's a, a, different from the uh, normal leasing option that Tesla has in other market. Uh, it's um, much more flexible, much more uh, customizable. Uh, first of all, the biggest deal, you can have zero down payment. And you can change the period of time from 12 months to 60 months. So it's like a mix of a loan and uh, and leasing because uh, you always have the option to buy buy the car at the end. So uh, about 4% of annualized rates of interest. So Tesla launched that earlier this week, this week. And according to local media report in China, which again, take with a grain of salt, uh, there was a wild response to it and they got a ton of orders and they decided to remove the zero down payment option and uh, now they have the 10% only. Uh, so apparently that uh, was uh, too successful for their own good um, and they decided to remove the 10%. That's what they said. I mean, I don't see a lot of logic in that. Like, I, I, If it was successful, why not, why not keep it? <laughs> I mean, they don't want too much of a backlog of order. I guess. Yeah, I guess they 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 need a certain percentage of. I mean, zero down. Uh, there's you know for the first month they're not getting any money. I guess right. So they need a certain percentage of people to pay for their Teslas up front. Yeah, unless it was literally like everyone was going zero percent down. But if you go zero percent down, you, you're gonna pay more interest though. Like that, that was clear on it. Like the interest will change depending on the down payment. So. Um. But yeah, they, they framed it in China as being accessible to like more younger people that don't have them. Like they, there's a lot of like nouveau riche in uh in China where they they're starting to get some good salaries, but they still don't have the funds to finance a 
a car, so the uh, th- this option is more attractive to them, apparently. Hmm. Of course, you should never buy a car that you cannot afford. Keep that in mind. Wouldn't, wouldn't recommend that. All right, let's, let's talk a bit about Volkswagen, because this is a story has been evolving in the last few days, and I found it. Uh, I'm dumbfounded. Dumbfounded, is that the word? Yeah, dumbfounded by it. Um, Herbert Diaz, which uh, a guy we, we we appreciate here at Electric, and we uh, described him before as likely the uh, the leader of a legacy automaker that is the most convinced about the need to electrify as fast as possible, of a, coming from a major automaker speaking. Um, so... Herbert uh, has had some issue with pushing hard for electric vehicle. Uh, internally, he's had some pushbacks over the years. We've discussed that before, but uh, it seemed to be behind him as of late. Uh, just last year, he got an extension of his contract up to 2025. It seems that he has strong support uh, now. Uh, but we reported last week or two weeks ago, he made some comments uh, about... Well, he made, he made a lot of comments about Tesla. He's like a big fan of Tesla. And uh, it, it seems not to sit right with everyone at the company. Uh, Which is fair. That's It is kind of weird having a competitor CEO yeah. on your... On, on the management call and all that stuff. Yeah, sure. Right. Um, but then he also said, he, he, that, uh, and it sounds like that was the problem here, that if they don't tr- uh, transition to electric vehicle as fast, fast enough, they might lose up to 30,000 jobs. And... Um, the worker console, because the way the German automakers work, I'm sorry, they have unions, like a nationwide union, like IG Metal, which is the, the biggest one, I think, uh, for the automakers. Uh, but they also have worker consoles, which is kind of a company-specific union and that represent the workers there. And uh, they have a lot of sway within the company. They have like a representative on the board. They have a, it's it's a cool setup, honestly. Like uh, for for I'm not the biggest fan of the union in the U.S. Like UAW and everything, but this is a model of a union that I think would make a lot of sense. Like having <laughs> having just a, a company, someone that represents the workers at a company and that can sit on the board and you alternate them and everything. It's a smart thing, I think. Uh, but yeah, they they have a lot of power uh, with, with German automakers. And apparently they called for a vote of non-confidence uh, that is being reviewed by the board committee right now uh, for Herbert uh, because of his uh, his comments regarding, like, uh, I guess they saw it as a, a threat almost. But my understanding wasn't a threat. He was stating a, a fact. is like, if we're too slow to go electric, we're going to get passed over by competitors like Tesla, and we're going to lose jobs. <laughs> it's just like, it just makes... But yeah... It yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> like, uh, but they didn't like it, uh, and uh, and now now uh, Herbert is in uh, like uh, damage control mode. Like he was supposed to come to the U.S. this week, and he canceled the trip. And uh, now he's like just telling everyone, uh, "Hey, like uh, this is this is what's happening." Like I'm not. And uh, he, he did a whole speech in front of employees yesterday. We obtained part of the speech here. That I oh, what? I, okay. Um, the, he, he he really he directly addressed the the issue that people have with him uh, talking about Tesla. Uh, he, he said, uh, like, even if I stop talking about Elon Musk, he's here to stay, revolution, revolutionizing our industry and quickly becoming more competitive. 
Like, and uh, he repeated that a few times in his speech. Like, even if I stop talking about him, if that's what's hurting you, uh, it's not going to make him go away if I stop talking, which is which is right. a good sign. Like, um, let's say that, um, let's take it the, the other way around. When the Germans were coming and invading Europe, if you stop talking about them, uh, they're still coming. <laughs> they, uh, now, and now it's the electric vehicles that are coming. And if you stop them, they, they're going to they're gonna come either way. And, uh, and here, um, well, now the most interesting part, I think, of his speech is he seems to have some kind of inside knowledge about this, the, this, this planning at Gigafactory Berlin. Uh, and uh, and he, he's uh, stating that as one of the main points of why they need to uh, basically like accelerate their effort of producing electric vehicles because they say that Tesla is going to be particularly efficient in producing electric vehicles in Brandenburg, uh, Gigafactory Berlin. Uh, he says that Tesla wants to build half a million cars with 7,000 people, Zirek and Inzirek, with an impressive uh, productivity, expected 90 units per hour in one line, tens of hours of production per car. Uh, and then he compared that to what uh, Volkswagen is achieving in, in Zyko, one of their main plans, the one that they are converting to only producing an electric car. Uh, it's where they're producing the ID3, ID4 right now, and... Uh, bunch of other ID vehicles going to produce there. They say that right now they're producing one at uh, over 30 hours, so it's more than three times that, and their goal is to go down to 20 hours next year, uh, and uh, they, he said that what they were expecting was 16 hours, and, and, and now they had to readjust their goal to 20 hours. So, Tesla is aiming for much higher efficiency of production than uh, um, then VW, and I don't know how many people work at Zyco, but I think it's uh, much more than seven thousand. I think it's in the tens of thousands. It's a it's a giant factory. Yeah, it's huge. Um, so yeah, I mean, this 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 is uh, if I was Elon, I'd be doing a victory lap right now because this is basically what Elon has been saying for the last few years. Where like, what's going to be Tesla's differentiating advantage over other automakers? He's been saying manufacturing is going to be Tesla's main advantage, and the rest of the industry apparently, except from Herbert Diaz, was laughing at him. It's like, you guys have poor qualities. You guys produce a fraction of the number of cars we produce. How is your manufacturing going to be better than, than us? Now, slowly but surely, Elon has been proving them wrong because now Tesla is producing vehicles at a rate of a million cars per year, uh, which is good by any standard in the auto industry. Like it's it's more than a lot of uh, like big significant name in the industry. Not more than like BMW, Volkswagen, Toyota, and all those names, but more than others too. But then, if you look at all electric vehicles, no one is producing at that kind of rate. So, and Zyco, Zyco is an all electric vehicle factory now. So, so this is, this is what they they are comparing it to. So, so DS is looking at it the right way now. Is forgetting about the gas cars. Like it, it doesn't matter the gas cars anymore. It's thing of the past. We produce them right now. Still, yeah. There's stranded assets. They stranded won't matter assets. in a few years. So there's. He's not denying that they're still producing them. It's still part of the business. It's still a majority of their business. But he's looking into the future here, and the future is Zyco. So how do we get Zyco to be a super efficient, high margin plant producing electric cars? And then he's like, it's not there yet. And then we would look at what Tesla is doing. Of course, he's talk, to be fair, he's talking about Brandenburg, which is not in operation yet. So it's not like he, he's just comparing into the future here. But it's not, I mean, 
after what Tesla did in Shanghai, after what Tesla did in Fremont, um, I, they, they have some credibility in achieving that in, in, in Berlin. So I don't know. It's uh, I, I, thought, I thought this whole situation is fascinating to me. Uh, it, it, it bodes well, I think, for Volkswagen when I see that. Like I see, I see that the, the, they are in the right thinking, uh, other than, of course, the worker console right. being like defensive about it. But what I've been hearing this uh, today, because that was that happened yesterday, um, is that uh, the Porsche people, the, the the Porsche family, the, the two families like the, the, that own the, the, the are majority shareholder right. of Volkswagen. I know Volkswagen owns Porsche as a Porsche the brand, but uh, the Volkswagen Group, which owns owns VW, Audi, Porsche. Uh, is is yeah uh, uh, is <laughs> controlled by the Porsche family uh, holdings, and uh, apparently they back DS a hundred percent. So as apparently as long as he has the support from these guys or, or these these gals, uh, everyone in the family, uh, they're fine apparently. So he's fine. So so it's looking good. So it's a little friction with the workers, but. Uh, I guess you should be able to win them over and and move on with it. Uh, yeah, I see someone already commenting about that. I've heard that all week about it. Like the, the Tesla should grab him. Like if if the Volkswagen doesn't want him, they should hire Tesla I, for sure. Like I mean, I've been saying lately that Elon it might might be a good time for Elon to step down as as CEO of the, of Tesla. Like uh, everything is going so smooth and. But and when I say step down, I mean hundred percent. Whatever disagreement that I have with Elon, I, I I think that he's crucial to the company, and I I would hope that he stay on as a product architect and uh, uh sure. When when is he? When can he go back to be chairman of the board? It's it's pretty should be pretty soon, right? Yeah, I feel like it was two years from two the, years. Uh, I thought it was maybe like four years. But uh, whenever he's able to come back, whenever the SEC let let him be back and chairman of the board. Uh, I think he should grab that position so he has a f- strong control over the company with his shares, uh, stay product architect, pu- push uh, new products. Uh, but uh, I would I would love to see uh, someone like Diaz take over the day-to-day role of CEO. I don't think it's going to happen, though. And if I look at it big picture, I think for electrification, it's probably better. To, to have him stay at Volkswagen because uh, it's a giant company that has a lot of influence. If they go all electric fast, it uh, it's going to be better for electrification. I think. I mean, look what look what happened to BMW when he left. He yeah. he was there when the i i three was like kind of pioneer, and then nothing basically happened for. Yeah, a decade. that's a good point. Like yeah, yeah, the timing wasn't great either. Like uh, if it was now, if it, the DS was to leave now, I think. Um, I think the stock will crash, <laughs> and then yeah. uh, and, and then they would have to like do uh, diesel gate uh, con- damage control all over again and like double down on EV. So that might be even better. <laughs> but I don't know. <laughs> like it's a it's a it w- it's a big big bad big risk move. Um, all right. Finally, this week with Volkswagen, uh, they they had an EV announcement this week. They unveiled the ID five. Which is a brand new electric vehicle in their lineup, but to be honest, it was kind of a flop. Like not not big big news because uh, it's really it's an ID four with a little coupe back here, a little sharper look in in the back, and they just put a five instead of a four in front of the name. The vehicles are basically the same, uh, a little bit more, uh, a little bit less headroom in the back seat, 
uh, more cargo apparently. I don't know how they did that, but a tiny bit more cargo space. Mm. Tiny bit though. The dimensions, like if you look at the dimensions, it's like half an inch there. If it, like it's 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 the same car basically. It's weird because uh, you know obviously Audi does that same thing with the. Uh and then they also, call it a sports um, bag. They have the Audi e-tron and the Audi right. e-tron sports bag, the Audi Q4 and the Q4 sports bag, and everything. Yeah. And Volvo did the same thing with the the uh, XC40 and the C40. Yeah, you know they have the kind of like SUV and the kind of like sport SUV, you know, whatever. Just a thing that car companies yeah, it's do. Like it's European easy. thing, maybe like it's, it's a... I mean, as yeah. you could argue that the Model Three and the Model Y are very similar, like, yeah, but there, there's, there's differences. It's, uh, yeah. there's a, there's yeah. a much bigger difference there. All right, so we jump into the comments already an hour in. All right, here we go. All right, Mark Nevar, thoughts on Kia's commercials claiming their hybrids are EVs? Seems like they are intentionally misleading. People. I haven't seen that. Sounds either. like the Toyota um, uh, or, or or hybrid charge themselves type type of nonsense. It sounds yeah. like that. Uh, I I would take a look though, uh, Mark. Thanks for bringing that up. I mean, if it's a plug-in hybrid and it has good range, which is like twenty miles or more, I'm okay calling mm -hmm. it an EV or you know PHEV is the the preferred nomenclature. Um, so, mm. but we'll have to check that out. Question: Do you guys have any thoughts on the Prius plug-in? Speaking of plug-ins, I'm looking at getting into my first hybrid and wondering what the best option would be. Price on a used Prius is very competitive here. So, Miles Davis, it is your lucky day. Uh, I used to own a Prius plug-in. Um, it's not the Pr Prius Prime, which is came afterwards, but the Prius plug-in was actually my first uh, electric vehicle. Um, I bought it in 2012, 2000, yeah, 2000 around 2012 um so it's a okay way of uh getting a couple uh electric vehicle miles i think i would get like 12 um but you're you're really you really need to have gas in your car and the way toyota makes it you can't use electricity exclusively i mean you can go on electricity for long periods of time but even like coming down hills, sometimes the motor would kick on um, if you need any sort of heat or uh, even, you know, like air conditioning or whatever, the, the motor would come on. So it's not a great EV, especially nowadays. Um, a better EV, you know, used would be kind of like a Chevy Volt. You get a lot more miles, 40 to 50 miles. Um, so I don't know if that's what you're thinking about. All right, uh, Jonathan Root, do you think Elon Musk is scapegoating the UN to avoid the six billion to starving people, or maybe the the Pope is involved? <laughs> the Pope? I don't. I don't know if scapegoating is the is the right word. I mean, Elon is not responsible for starving people. I don't think. Like, uh, <laughs> so so is the UN responsible? I don't think UN is responsible too. I think the uh, the could they do more? Could Elon do more? Probably yes, and both on both sides. What are you referencing to? Like, uh, he's basically saying like it's the way he challenged. It, the, Everyone was wrong basically in the situation, in my opinion. Like, uh, whoever brought this idea of like, oh. The UN, if Elon was to give 2% to the UN's World uh, Food Bank, uh, he would 
you would solve solve a world hunger. Like it, it's not as simple as that. I think so. Like it's it's more of a clickbait kind of headline to do thing. Um, and then Elon was also wrong to like dingle the fact that oh we'll give you six billion dollar right now if you just explain on Twitter within this thread how you're gonna solve world hunger. Uh, like that's a weird thing about him, like living on Twitter when it comes to like feedback, because because. <laughs> He was responding to an art to, to a tweet that had a link to an article, and if you just click on the link to the article, they was actually they, they would actually explain their plan on how to spend that six billion. So he just wanted them to like transfer that into a Twitter thread for him to not leave Twitter for some reason. Uh, it, it's a weird scenario, but uh, I, I think both of them have points. Like, could 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 billionaires give more money to to charity? Yes. Could because uh, those charity use money more efficiently in order to to solve those problems? Uh, definitely yes. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, it, it's a mess. But scapegoating the UN, I, I don't know. That's the case. All right. Oh, nice. People hit the thumbs up button. How about the live stream? Yeah. There you go. Doing our right. job for you, and we're supposed to want you. Like <laughs> yeah, you yeah. Click the thanks, like button right DRK. now. It's free. Do it. Uh, Democratic Republic of Korea. All right. Eli DeChamp says, have you guys tried Archimoto? Why, yes. Do you think their model is viable? Um, the FUV, it's the fun I've utility tried vehicle. it. We, we've tried it. Um, have you tried it when we went to, to Las Vegas? Like a few years back? Yeah, we, we, both, yep. we both drove oh. it there. But, I mean, that was that was a long time ago. Micah more recently drove, uh, drove their, their uh, open-top version. Uh, you can check out the the video. Yeah. It's on it's on this channel. Uh, he uh, he gave it a good review. He, he liked it a lot. Uh, it's a bit expensive. It's not cheap. Uh, I think that's their main issue. I know they're going strong to go after like delivery markets, and I think that's smart. I, I think that's smart to go after because uh, uh, if if your job is to go around and deliver it for like Uber Eats and, and things like that. If you're in a market, of course, where it makes sense, because I wouldn't do it in, in the winter in, in the Northeast. Like that's not, not going to be fun. But if you're in California, you can do it all year. And uh, your your goal is to be as efficient as possible. Uh, you're gonna and these these vehicles are super efficient. So and fun, like uh, like said said they were called fun vehicles. Uh, so yeah, I mean they're big enough to carry uh, like Uber Eats order or whatever, like Postmates and and whatnot. And um, and it's gonna cost a lot less electricity to get there, uh, so they're really efficient on that front. What is gonna help them a lot, I think, is if they can finally pass this. Do we have any update on that? Like, I think it's supposed to vote today, right? Yeah, yeah I hadn't heard. Uh, but yeah, we were talking. Yeah, the, the show uh, about they did it. upgrade with the latest version of the bill, uh, the tax credit for for two wheels and three wheels electric vehicles, which uh, RC model would fit in. It's now seventy five hundred dollars. Seven thousand five hundred that you would get uh, on one of those vehicles, so that's starting to make the price more attractive. And I think they are aiming to tr- to bring the price down to like twelve, twelve, thirteen, fifteen thousand uh, around that price. It's starting to make sense. Yeah, so yeah. half price. Um. Yeah. So, uh, and the other thing about Archimoto is, like, I don't think they plan to be like you know Volkswagen yeah. and sell like. A billion cars they just want to kind of carve out a niche of you know fun delivery whatever 
full disclosure, so, I I used well, I still own a little bit. I think of RC Moto, not a lot. I used to uh, own a lot of share RC Moto, but I sold them at the around the peak of like uh, well, I don't remember exactly how much, but. All right, Elon to be the world's first trillionaire. Likely, yeah. All right. At this point, I would say he's got the best chance. Um, all right, let me go to caps. Robert Pack might have missed it, but have you guys weighed in on the tax credit? Uh, that's yeah. good timing. In the Build Back Better plug for plug-in hybrids, if Union Made would get a nine thousand dollar credit more than any Tesla. Horrible, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I skimmed over it. I know they changed a little bit the restriction in terms of the battery pack. Uh, it has to buy, to have a certain battery pack size, but yeah, it, it's too small. I, I I agree, it's not. I mean, I think Robert here was saying that he's not a fan of it. Uh, I'm also not a fan of the plug-in hybrid, but to to be honest, I, I think it won't matter. Uh, like, uh, I think the market has already made a decision on plug-in hybrids versus uh, all electric, and uh, and. Um, the a few thousand dollars difference in 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 the incentive won't make that big of a difference in my opinion yeah and so i'm not a hundred percent against plug-in hybrids i think what a good model would be is to have um instead of having the the gas motor drive the wheels have kind of like the rex engine mm-hmm. that the bmw i3 like range extended with so like a little Right, so a little small, you know, like a Honda generator, like that big, you know, maybe like a 10-gallon tank or something. And theoretically, you would never use it, but like in your brain, you're like, well, I've got another, you know, 10 gallons of mileage, which, you know, probably get 200 miles. And you can go to a gas station, and just to have that in your brain that you're like, all right, well, I have that in my back pocket, you know, and it wouldn't take up too much space, be like a, you know, five-gallon drum or something. Um, I feel like that would get a lot more people yeah and you can incentivize that pretty easily by just requiring that to to get the incentive on your plug-in hybrids you need to have like at least a 30 kilowatt hour battery pack or something like that right and and they had that in the previous one i feel like no um, like the prius go back to the bills but i think it was like five kilowatt 10 kilowatt yeah yeah it was something stupidly small i think my prius plug-in that we talked about earlier i think i i got like 2500 back all right. Uh, so yeah. Um, so we have a five dollar uh, tip. Thank you, uh, Gary Itano. Um, regarding BYD, Monroe has stated that the Shanghai LFP Model Ys are using a prismatic packs caged in a twenty one seventy housing. Does that confirm that those are BYD batteries? Um. No, I don't. I don't see how it would. Uh, Maybe he's talking about the twenty one seventy like module. Yeah, I know. I know. I know what, what he's saying in terms of what Monroe said. But uh, um, what I, what we've heard is that uh, the, those cells, the all LFP cells, are coming from CATL. And then there's a rumor that Tesla might buy the blade cells from BYD. Um. But I don't see how the module housing would confirm that, Gary. I'm not. Um, I might be misunderstanding your question here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well. Yes. Thanks, thank Gary. you, though. All right, Green Gold Tesla is selling a record amount of EVs with no tax credits just to make a good EV. Yeah, and that, that's uh, that's a good point. <laughs> like, that's why that's why I'm not too yeah. worried about this differential, this forty five hundred dollar differential between the union and the union. I think 
This is going to do well either way. It's not ideal, but. This is a good question. EB1888 says, when will Tesla improve the high-speed compression damping for the Model 3 and Model Y? The ride is too hard. There is still a lot of people who complain about the ride in the, I mean, so I have a Model 3 and a Model Y. I I definitely like the Model 3 ride a lot better, but th- there is, like, on the bumps, it is a little bit rough. I mean, I have um, the Model 3 Performance with the bigger wheels and, and the suspension is a little bit different. It's a little bit more aggressive. So for me, it's pretty stiff all the time. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, yeah. I like it like that. I drive pretty aggressively anyway. Um, no safety driving car for me. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, there's, there, there's a complaint. I mean, I think the Model 3 Model Y are, are some of the best vehicles out there. But uh, uh, that that is an issue. And uh, sound also an issue. I think the cabin is noisy compared to other vehicles. Right. I don't have the dual uh, glasses, the double pan glass, like the newest version of the of the car, the 2021 version. But uh, even I've heard from even those. Uh, uh, my my friend has one, uh, and it's pretty good. Uh, but I don't. It, I'm not I, not pretty good. It's a noticeable difference compared to mine. But I wouldn't say good either for a forty thousand dollar car or whatever you paid for it. Do you know anybody who's bought in like the um like the unplugged performance uh you know after uh, there's a few aftermarket suspension you oh, get the from suspension. Model 3. Uh well yes, but mostly for like racing. Like that, uh, I don't know right. I don't know anyone it's that gonna... uh use like a smoother one for, for, for just comfort. Okay. Um, so one last thing currently, so Robert Pack says currently build back better requires 40 kilowatts for I'm yeah. assuming kilowatt hours for regular EVs, but only a hundred or okay. 10 kilowatt yeah, that, hour. That's what I remember. 10. So 10 would actually eliminate some, uh, I think it was five before. Right. Uh, so there's some that have like seven kilowatt hour pack in there. Like it's, it's extremely small. So, so that would eliminate some of those, which actually makes sense because I think those that put a less than 10 kilowatt hour pack in their PHEV are basically just doing it to, to claim that they have an electric car, uh, not right. to actually give you any real electric range out of it. Because uh, the goal of the electric transition is to tra- transition gas mileage to electric mileage and then hopefully to have that electric mileage be as clean as possible through um, adopting renewable energy throughout the grid and home solar and all that stuff it's as simple as that and then to do that you make sure that when you sell a new car this car can have as much electric mileage as possible and if you sell a phev that has less than 10 kilowatt to be honest less than 20 30 kilowatt hour uh you're gonna have still a decent amount of those miles getting out of the car are going to be powered by burning gas that's not what we want and that's not what the government should incentivize and build back better, like Robert Pack just mentioned. So thank you, Robert, and thank you, everyone else, for listening to the show this week. If you're still listening right now, you are a hero. We appreciate you for listening to this whole show. Uh, if you like the podcast, please uh, give us a thumbs up right now on the stream. Uh, you can also uh, write a comment below. The algorithm likes that for some reason. If you're listening on your podcast app, uh, hopefully the audio is better this week. I'm back in the studio, so that will help. Uh, and uh, if you uh, do like the show, please give us a five-star review on your local podcast app. That helps the show a lot. Uh, and we appreciate you. We're going to see you same time next week. Have a safe weekend. Ciao.